Hello and welcome to our podcast. We hope it encourages and inspires you. Please head to our website for more information on what is happening at Ashburton New Life or to get in touch. One of our team would love to talk to you. Here's today's message. Isn't it great to be in the house of the Lord? Great to be here with you. Oh, I missed this. Everyone else missed that? And I'd like to give a big shout out to our online audience. Can we give them a big cheer so that they The title of my message today is Our Mission is Still the Same. Our mission is still the same. We're still we're called to go into all the world and preach the gospel, make disciples. We're called to reveal the kingdom of God. We are called to show love to the lost. Our mission is still the same. Nothing's changed when it comes to our mission. Matthew 28, verse 18 to 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. As we're getting to the end of the age, Jesus is still with us, and His great commission stands. We are to go into all the world and make disciples. Our mission is still the same. You know, if we're on level 4 or level 3 or level 2 Delta or level 2 or level 1, our mission does not change. Our method does. We've got to be clever and creative and think, how do, we do our, how do we do our calling and our work and our ministry right now? How do we get about it? You see, our, our mission never changes. Our methods do, but our mission doesn't. You know, the church has always been innovative and creative. That's not the change. The more the church has been persecuted over the years, the more it grows. Who wants that? Yes. You see, we're not an organisation, we're an organism. We're living and alive and active. We, you, you can't shut us down because the kingdom of God is within us. You can shut down the church. Okay, we can't meet here. You've got to be confined to your house and in your little bubble. We'll just go online. We'll, we'll do what we need to do to preach the gospel and to disciple people. Can I hear an amen? amen? Our mission doesn't change, just our methods change with various levels and circumstances. You know, Jesus said, I will build my church. He said, I'll build it. I'll build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. The gates of hell will not hold out against the church because Jesus is building his church. And if he says he's going to build it, he's going to build it. And he's going to build it through you and me. Yeah. Our mission is still the same. Yeah. You know, the biggest threat to the church is not lockdowns or persecution. You know what the biggest threat to the church is? Comfort and apathy. Yeah. Yeah. 
where the church is being persecuted, it's growing. Where the church is on decline, it's where the church is half asleep and into apathy and comfort and complacent. Maybe this is the time to shake ourselves up and you know, grab our mission and, and think, let's press on. Another threat to our mission can be our focus. And I'm preaching to me this morning, by the way. Instead of focusing on the mission, we start focusing on the COVID numbers for the day. The press release. The latest news. I mean, I even found myself with a, what I would probably describe as a little bit of end-time anxiety this week. I... Uh, was just probably watching too much media stuff and uh, you know I, was, I could see church leaders being mocked and persecuted and then I can see the government becoming forceful and dominating and also bringing in ungodly laws and then I also seen a bank doing a survey about being cashless and I'm like ah oh, it's all happening too quick end times are coming then I thought I should be excited about this. I want to see the return of the Lord. You know, this is the greatest time to be alive and to be in the church right now. You know, it's our job to prepare the way of the Lord. You know, when I felt anxious, I listened to that song, These Are the Days of the Oh, my faith got up and started to warfare and pray and I got that bit between my teeth again. You know, we are to prepare the way of the Lord. It's the church's greatest hour to be the bride of Christ and show the glory of God because He's going to be coming back soon. But He has some promises for us. He promises us the latter day rain, which is a great outpouring of the Holy Spirit, where there's going to be healings and miracles and signs and wonders. Signs that point to Jesus and wonders that leave people in wonder. What a great time to be on the planet and to be part of the body of Christ and the church because he's going to be returning soon. And we are the hope of the world. Yes, the world's becoming hopeless, but we are the hope carriers. We know that this world's going to go down the drain, but we are carriers of hope and we can bring hope into this world. It's our time to arise and shine with the glory of Christ. Amen. And the end time harvest. You know, the world is getting ready for the harvest. The world has never been as populated as it is right now. Why? Because harvest is coming. Are we ready for the harvest? Are we ready to see people be one for Christ? As the world gets dark and hopeless, we're going to shine and be bright and glorious and people are going to be drawn to the kingdom. It's an exciting time to be alive, isn't it? I can't believe I had some end-time anxiety. Silly, really, isn't it? You know, Christ is going to be returning soon. The last time He came, He came as a lamb, but this time he's returning as a lion. Yeah. Eyes like fire, a tongue like a double-edged sword, and every eye will see, and every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess. We get to usher in his return. Our mission's still the same. Let's not get distracted with rubbish. It's an exciting time to be alive and to be in church. are the days of Elijah. If I could sing, I could sing it to you. 
arm, <laughs> leave it for someone else. Hey, can you turn to your neighbour and say, our mission is still the same. Our mission is still the same. So, the question is, how can we, the church, best fulfil our mission right here at Level 2? That's a good question to ask right now, isn't it? That's where we're living right now. How do we fulfil God's mission at Level 2? And when I say the church, I'm saying you, you know, not the leadership team. You, you are the church. We are the church. How can we best fulfil our mission at Level 2? We are currently in Level 2, and I call that the in-between level. And uh, we might be here for some time, mightn't we? We are not isolated to our bubble and online, but we are not able to do large gatherings. So what can we do? Can we disciple? Yeah. Yes. Can we preach the gospel? Yeah. Yes. Can we mentor and be mentored? Yes. Can we do hospitality? Yeah. Yes, we can. We're not very restricted, are we? There's lots that we can get on with. And our mission is still the same. We are no longer confined to our small bubbles. Can we make our circles bigger? Can we stretch out? Can we reach out? Can we reach out to one or two? I think we can. We can expand our borders and make room. You know, there's so much power in enlarging our hearts for one person. Because if you can show love and hospitality to one person and begin to mentor and disciple one person, something that I've learned over the years is that there's a whole lot of people connected to the one. Yeah. You disciple the one and they have a family yeah. and they have friends and they have uh, influence in a workplace or a school. So when you reach out to one, you are reaching out to many. Can you make room in your heart for one? Is God showing you the one? You know, I love singing about our city today. Our city. I mean, we're called to be missionaries to our city. Yeah. If you call Ashburton home, you are called to this city. Yeah. To be a missionary in this city. And, uh, you know, we can't go into all the world right now, but we are called to this city. And can we reach out to the people in our city? Yes, we can. God has called you to the city for a specific reason, this is your mission field. You are a missionary to Ashburton, to Canterbury. If you're South African, reach out to the South Africans. If you're a Filipino, reach out to the Filipinos in this city, in this community. So this city can be one for Christ so that the walls can come down. This city can be one. You know, there is so much power in discipleship. Think of Jesus' ministry and there was times when he had 20 or 30 people uh, 20 or 30,000 people following him. But Theo's most powerful and effective ministry was actually with the 12. Yeah. What would it be like if Christ never discipled the 12? Yeah. His ministry would have died when he died. But because he invested into the 12, his ministry continued. Those yeah. disciples who were followers became apostles who were sent. Yeah. Yeah. And you and I are to be both followers of Christ and apostles because we are sent into all the world to make disciples. So we do both. You know, 
powerful effective ministry often happens in a circle and not in a room like this. I mean, I, I think it's so powerful um, when we disciple, when we gather and we disciple. Uh, the church would be a very small church if it wasn't for the disciples, I mean, and, and the New Testament would be very thin, wouldn't it? No wonder Jesus said, go make disciples, because that's exactly what he did to change the world. So maybe small is the new big for us. Wow. And I want to have an emphasis on life groups today, because that's what we can do at level two. And just something that I would like to see is that everybody who calls this house their home, that they'd be in a life group, because uh, life groups are powerful. And not only would I like to see people in a life group, but I'd like to see people inviting other people that maybe aren't even in this church to a life group. Yeah. Yeah. That would be great, wouldn't it? Yeah. Because life groups is what we can do, and as the senior leader, I love seeing people in life groups. Why? Because I know that they're connected. And I know that there's somebody watching out for you, watching over you and taking an interest in your life and uh, knowing where you're at because it's very difficult on a, in a church our size for me to keep in contact with everybody, especially in lockdowns. So I'd love to see everybody part of the life group because I know you're connected. And the other thing is it keeps us in alignment and balanced. One of the dangers of... Uh, people being confined to a bubble or lockdown, is the fact that um, they can get a little bit out of alignment, and I've seen this happen, uh, where somebody might just say, for example, study the fear of the Lord. And the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, isn't that good? But then they get something good, something weird, something unusual, something off track. But you know how, what's that called word that keeps finding you? A a algorithm or something? Eh? Algorithm. You know, stuff keeps finding you. And as I say, you can get off track, but a yeah. life group yeah. will keep you in balance. So we say, hey, that's good, but what about the love of God, the grace of God, the mercy of God? See how we stay in alignment and balance? So I'd love to see everybody that calls this place home in a life group, because we could be going in and out of lockdown, who knows how long. And I just know that uh, people are connected. And I want to honour the Filipinos because they, out of all the nationalities in this church, they do life groups yeah. the best. Yeah. They are amazing at doing life groups. And we can learn from them, can't we? You know, uh, one of the things or one of the ways they do life groups is in Kiwis, for example, you'll have somebody that runs a life group and they'll be the host and they'll be the gatherer and they'll be the teacher leader. The Filipinos don't do it that way. They'll have somebody that's the, the host, and another person will be the gatherer, and another person will be the leader teacher. Because, uh, you know, just because you've got a hospitality doesn't mean that you've got a leading and teaching a group, is that right? And just because you're good with people doesn't mean you've got hospitality or leading or teaching. And see how everybody can work in their lane and work in their strength. And I mean, we're called to be one, one body. We're all gifted and talented in, in many ways. And I want to honour the, the leaders in this church that can gather and host and lead. 
I mean, you're gold. You're absolutely gold. You're the backbone of this, this church, and I want to thank you for, for doing that um, when we were only able to meet in groups of 50. I mean, you keep the church going, and it was so good, and I've heard, heard so much good feedback about how effective that was, how people really enjoyed it, and even how the people that hosted love hosting. Well, I've got some good news for you. You can keep doing it. You can keep practicing it. I mean... I love, I love being here today, but I miss the kids. Anyone else miss the kids? Yeah. The bouncing kids that bounce on out after a couple of times. Oh, I miss the kids. And uh, I miss the living room. Yeah. But, you know, we will ch we will, we, we're the church. We, we will find a way. And so we will meet more during the week and invite people home for lunch maybe or go for coffee after this. We will find a way. But I'd love to see everybody that calls this house home in a life group and life groups are great did you know that you will grow seven times faster in a life group than just by attending church alone yeah. i keep beating on that drum because it's so important you will grow and i think about when i was a young christian i mean i continuously uh was mentored and uh i got taught a whole lot of stuff that you taught on a sunday morning and it was so good having wise people that could answer questions and invest into our lives. Also pastoral care happens in a life group and me and Lisa have run lots of life groups over the years and it was always funny thinking who will be last to leave tonight? <laughs> there would always be that couple that waited everybody else out because they needed to have a catch up and a chat talk about some stuff that was going on in their life. Pastoral care takes place in life groups. And you make friends through life groups. And I'm just thinking about uh, a life group that we ran 20 or 25 years ago uh, with people at this church. And they're still really good, best friends, like 20, 25 years later. You get to know people a whole lot better in a life group than just having a chat on a Sunday morning. You form friendships as you hang out with people and spend time with people. And these friendships can last for decades in a lifetime. The other thing I want to say about life groups is life groups are fun. Yeah. If they're not fun, you're not doing it right. <laughs> you better change things up. The other thing that happens is ministry happens in life groups. It's where somebody can pray with you and stand with you and declare some things and, and encourage you during the week. And life groups are a place where questions can be answered. The church is never to be a place you go to. It is to be a place that you belong to and that you're a part of. John 13 verse 34. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciple. As the world's turning on itself and getting darker and darker, we're going to shine brighter and brighter. We're going to be that glorious bride. You know, that's who we are, the bride of Christ. That's exciting, isn't it? And uh, we can shine the light and be the light of the world when we show our love for one another, serve one another, care for one another. Church is not just an event or an experience or a place we go on a Sunday morning. The church is to be a community of loving relationships. 
genuine, loving relationships which provide the care and support that people so desperately need. It is God's desire that we do life together, that we encourage and support and bless one another. So again, I want to I want to have an emphasis on life groups. We've got sign up Sunday coming in a, in a few weeks' time, and if you've got any questions, uh, talk to our team. But I also want to have everybody that calls this house home connected during the week and in a life group. It just it's a, it's just so important. It's the backbone of the church and it just means that people are connected and together and can hang tight and we can be about our mission. So I've had the girls set up two black boxes uh, at the back of this section of the church and so if you can identify as being a host or a gatherer or a leader, hey write down your, your name and uh, details and we'll, and we'll see if we can string that together. But maybe you're not in the life group and you want to be, just leave your name and contact details. We've got a lot of uh, life groups happening in the life of the church uh, and a lot of options <coughs> and our team can help you with that. But, uh, so that's that. And again, I want to thank all the people that have hosted and been running life groups in recent weeks because uh, it's just such a blessing to the body. And, uh, and I've actually been amazed at the amazing people that are in this church. And, uh, you know, I just know that there's a gathering here and a gathering here and a gathering here. And, and it's just so good knowing that there's so many good people in this church that are caring for people and looking after people. And, uh, and that's a challenge when you're the leader of a, of a big church is that you, you know that you have to trust your leadership team and those people of influence in your church. And I've actually been really at peace in recent weeks just knowing, hey, those people are right, they're getting cared for. Those people are right, they're getting cared for. And uh, and it's so good. So thank you for all those amazing people that have been gathering and, and doing pastoral care and uh, hospitality and life groups. Uh, you're the backbone of the church, and I, I thank you for that. But again, I, I want to finish with... Our mission is still the same. Yeah. Our mission is still the same. And it's getting difficult to do large gatherings, so we'll just do it small. And I actually believe that God's all over this, that, yeah. like, that we can pull in tight, closer, and make closer relationships. And, you know, sometimes you just think, oh, the church is a Sunday gathering, and, and that's ticking the box. Well, it's not to be like that. Yeah. And so I believe we can... Pull in tighter, get closer, and uh, make those more meaningful relationships and connection, and we will grow the church that way. Yeah. Our mission does not change. Um, I thought it would be good if we could all stand and sing together. I'll get the band up now. Uh, I love that song about our city, and I just think it would be really good for us to actually focus in again and know that we are called to be missionaries in this city and allow God to speak to us. Is that good? Can everybody stand? We'll sing that song together. Thank you.